0: Hello everybody and welcome to the podcast. This is Black Mesa Radio with your hosts, Nate. Seth, hey. Josh, <laughs> and Chase. Today we're going to talk about space, no tolerance, and everything in between. We're going to talk about space, no tolerance, and everything in between.
1: Your hands up. Your hands up. hope you guys enjoyed our new intro by uh, Spike Kicks. This song's called Ear Conflict
0: on Main Street. So it's pretty, it's pretty good I think it's voice. crunchy. It is a... Cr- Don't steal my word. It is a crunchy groove. You didn't make I up the word crunchy. I didn't make up the word, but Chase that's how I use... I feel
2: honored that we get to use their song.
1: I do too. Chase just went all Taylor Swift on the word crunchy.
0: That's my word to describe funky bass. I'm sorry. I like that song's fat beats. There you go. That sounds better. Mm. Go mainstream, bro. That's good. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about uh, zero tolerance. Beating the fat. Just
1: like Chase has zero tolerance for other people using the word crunchy. Absolutely. As well as many other things. He has has lots of intolerance problems. Um, We're gonna be talking about zero tolerance policies.
0: Lactose intolerance—it's—it's all over the place.
1: Uh, This topic came up because we were talking about how a lot of like young boys in schools get um, suspended, expelled, whatever, for defending themselves in fights. uh, When you know they may not have been the one to start it. Like they'll be in a fight, uh, defending themselves, and then because zero tolerance is a thing, uh, they'll be kicked out. We also can branch zero tolerance off into a whole lot of other cool
0: areas so yeah i don't know how a school can get by with that or where even this mentality came from of zero tolerance you pretty much just have to sit there and take it if you don't want to get in trouble i know i have been a victim of this i got suspended it it makes no sense you're punishing somebody for being responsible it victimizes the victim yeah Yeah. even further
1: well i read a article, and then the same lady who wrote the article I read, um, did a really good TED talk about it. Um, that she called it the feminization of modern boys. Mm. And it was essentially talking about how we discourage young boys from being boys. We say, you're rowdy, because boys are naturally rowdy. You're loud, you're obnoxious, don't do that, be like these girls. And like, I'm not saying girls can't be rowdy, but her whole point was that. Young- rowdy Ronda Rousey. Yeah, exactly. Girls are, uh, usually, fight. on the whole, a lot more calm i guess than young boys like at that age like between like the ages of like 5 to 12 or something yeah. like that
0: i mean they're kids kids are hyper all around i think that has to also do with the way that the two minds develop differently yeah while girls at a younger age develop their more fine tuned skills and they're also it's proven that girls are more social in general so they can be better in those social environments while boys don't develop their fine motor skills and those uh socialization skills They're physical. Guys are just more physical always in life. Young boys socialize by beating each other up. Yeah. Me and my brother fought all the time. And my mom, being raised with all girls, she didn't understand that we weren't hateful. But when we were being hateful, she was like, oh, you guys are playing this time? We were like, yeah, just don't spank us.
1: She just, she thought she had like just two horrible children.
0: No, she really did. (laughs) And we got in trouble all the time. Like, I don't know why
2: I'm in trouble. Well, and because we are so physical, I think that the respect that we have for one another has a lot to do with physicality, especially at a younger age. But like, even as you get older, like we deify like great athletes and stuff like that. I mean, I think like even just culturally, that kind of, uh, that kind of starts to show through a little bit. I mean,
3: look how people treat like athletes, like you said, like LeBron
2: James or Kevin Durant, how people treat them definitely kind of like you said the finer aspects of like interhuman relationships are lost on a lot of younger men i feel like as a younger man i feel like i can speak to that like i definitely think that's true and i think that like sometimes to like earn the respect of like your peers or whatever like they have to at least know that you're willing to fight them like when i was in sixth grade there was a kid i'm not gonna say his name or anything but like when i was in sixth grade there was like a kid who like really didn't like me like when i was uh Actually, it wasn't sixth grade. It was fourth grade. I just changed new schools, and I was, I guess, having a hard time being accepted by, like, the other guys in the class or whatever, and then one day, like, I got in a fight with, like, the main, like, ringleader of, like, the guys or whatever, and, like, from that point forward, we had a way easier time, like, getting along, and it was, like... Oh, yeah. I just had to establish in their minds that I was willing to fight for my place in the tribe or in the pack or whatever. Yeah, and they were, like, okay... You know, and like it's completely changed. And like we wound up by the end of the year, me and the kid were like pretty, pretty good friends. And what's interesting is that's not even something conscious.
3: It's like, it's not like they set out for that to be the case. You know, like, well, we're going to fight him to see, you know, if he can, if he can fit in with us. No, it just, it just happens.
0: Mm -hmm. Kind of an innate nature. I think it's interesting that they don't let you fight. Is there, and I also have the question, is there such thing as a respectful fight? Just in the same way there are respectful debates. Gentleman's duel. But even <laughs> not in that case, so what, what about uh, Nate's story just now? Is that technically a form of a respectful fight? They're just kind of uh, challenging each other's physical view on life, I guess. I, I don't really know how to describe it. Yeah. But it's there's more than just, there's there's mental violence that people have. People can really tear people down and brainwash individuals. And I've seen that happen. Like, what? What's worse than being brainwashed and ruining their whole life, or maybe a few uh, bumps and bruises? I don't know. I, I personally, uh, bumps and bruises,
2: I think heal a lot faster than uh, emotional scars. Yeah, absolutely. well, I mean, also, you know, not that those things can't be related either.
0: But yeah, no, anyway. you,
1: yeah, right. um, young boys also like learn. Through physicality. Like, that's a huge part of the developmental process. They're for kinetic lives.
0: learners. Yeah. They learn by doing. Yeah.
1: And a lot of that comes through just like scrapping around. Like, just punching the crap out of each well, other. Well, that's what
0: play, like, they naturally play fight. That's kind of what guys do. You see it in nature and other aspects as well. And play is proven to just be a learning process. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought when I was a kid, uh, my dad would always ask me math questions, and it was just play. And I thought that was super fun and I think that really helped me like journey into the fields of science and mathematics.
2: Probably so. Play is super important. Like how you play when you're a kid definitely I think makes a pretty huge impact on your development.
3: It, I mean it, te- it teaches you a lot about
2: social interactions as well. And it's I've, interesting that you brought that up. Like I read an article one time on the art of manliness that talked about, uh, yeah. like roughhousing. Um, and it was super interesting and they're talking about like the importance of roughhousing with your kids because it teaches them to like be in an active like physical competitive engagement, but also to rein in their strengths to where like, if they have the upper hand, they don't just like haul off and punch you in the face. It's like, no, 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 there are rules. And like, we have
0: to control ourselves, but we still can do this. I think that's a really good point. I've never really thought of that before. Like you're actually training the individual, just like with a dog, you have to get its energy out in some way, or else it might get aggressive and problematic in many other areas. It won't yeah. listen to you properly. Mm-hmm. Like, or it'll you, tear stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so that's part of their nature and they have to get it out. And I think humans in general, not even just talking about guys now, are physical beings. We have to be physical or else we don't properly function in other aspects like socially and mentally Mm -hmm. and spiritually. Yeah,
2: (laughs) definitely.
1: I know growing up my dad like would rough house with us all the time. And I loved it because I just like fighting in general. But
3: i didn't like it as much because you and you and him was like gang up on me all the time <laughs> no, we didn't we just I, I thought we were like gang up on you. it felt like it i mean i mean not like in any we kind of it wasn't in an abusive way in any in any means no, it was we, just
1: it wasn't even us ganging up on you it's just that you didn't like it at all and so we'd be like come on Seth, let's wrestle and you'd be like no it just wasn't my you always thing. twist my nipples no. Well,
3: no, that that actually didn't happen. When much. I was a kid, I was but, super
2: ticklish, and my dad would, like, pin me down and <laughs> tickle me. And so, like, that was my, like, motivation not to, like, let my dad win or whatever.
3: Speaking <laughs> of tickling, like, that, uh, there's, like, scientific research going into the fact that, like, they think the tickle response in humans is, like, a... That is a similar kind of you know learning to defend yourself, like defend vital areas because those are oh, the areas that are ticklish, a little
0: softer areas. That's
2: interesting. Tickle, tickle, tickle. Yeah. That like makes sense
0: because like neck and I get arms and yeah all that. I had to tell Samantha, my wife, don't tickle me because you might get hit, and that's just that's not me wanting to hit you. That's just me flailing around trying to get you off me because <laughs> I do not like being tickled. Huh. No,
3: you got to defend your vital areas, and they're neither the, merry they're, they're they're or ticklish myself places
1: are ticklish. It's really sad. Okay. <laughs> I
2: don't know if that's sad or not. You know. just like sit there trying to tickle each other and like it's, crying. Like, we're just like, bored. Like, <laughs> like, uh, this doesn't work. <laughs> Let's just go watch a movie. You wind up like, t- like tickling like other people. Like you're <laughs> cheating on each other.
1: <laughs> Have you been tickling other people? No, no. <laughs> you're smiling really big. <laughs> Okay, move on, Uh, move on, move on. But
2: yeah, like in general, like the zero tolerance thing, I think a lot of times that like diminishes a lot of aspects of our mentality that are gonna be there, even if the law just tries to take away from it. Like I don't know, making laws to try to like get people to act a certain way is, or getting get people to ignore like a certain part of their psychology is just ridiculous. Well,
3: and one thing about the zero tolerance policy is, I feel that it teaches it teaches kids hopelessness of authority. Because yeah. it's like even even if you're in the right, like if there's a kid who gets jumped by three guys and he somehow manages to like get them off of him or he fights them off, he gets in trouble. Yeah, just like
0: them. So so it's it's unjust. He and did it,
3: yeah, it's unjust. He didn't he didn't commit any wrong other than defending himself. So or it, yeah,
0: it is dumb because I'm of the opinion of of other subjects as well, and I, I'm more talking about the incarceration rate for certain policies mainly drugs is what i'm thinking about. Nonviolent drug offenders yeah non-violent drug offenders does the punishment fit the crime if the punishment is overbearing of the crime then you are the person committing the real crime like honestly you should be in trouble and get the same punishment that they got because you put them in that situation and that's like in other situations where somebody accuses somebody of murder or rape, they try and frame somebody. I think if you try and get somebody punished for that crime, you should be put on trial. If you were proven to be purposely trying to put that person in that, you get the punishment they would get. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of places.
1: It depends on your judge and it depends on your uh, prosecuting like district. But a lot of places will do that. They'll pro- like if you're definitely going to go to jail if you try and frame someone for murder because that's. That just happens a lot. Go
0: to jail. Maybe if they were under the possibility yeah. of the death penalty. You're not going to get the death penalty. That's just not going to happen. You're trying thing. to kill somebody. It's attempted murder, essentially.
1: No, it is. It's attempted murder through the system. It's like death by cop. Suicide by cop. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And with rape, it's kind of a slippery subject. Some districts are going to pr- prosecute a lady. Like if a woman makes – I read an article the other day about a lady who had nine false rape ac- accusation nine? cases. Nine. And she went to jail on the 10th. Um, none of the guys were ever prosecuted because all be of them were – She in jail
0: were, for life.
1: Um, but none of the guys were ever prosecuted from the article well from what I could tell.
2: And it's an abuse of the justice system too. And if you start letting people get away with that – yeah. If you start letting people get away with that, that's bad news. Which I mean, it you know it happens. You know, but I, I want it all to be when just. you can, you should take a stand against it.
0: Yeah, like it, only if you can prove that there was specific malicious intent. Like it, you can't just be hearsay. Be like oh, well he got off on these charges, therefore she was or he was whoever was doing what is trying to frame them. You have to have specific malicious intent, and they would be tried in front of a jury as well. They would have justice served.
3: And and even what's worse Wait, about
0: but, oh. Go ahead, go ahead.
3: Okay, about like stuff like that, like the false rape or the false murder. Even if you're proven to be innocent, there will always be a stigma around you. I read about a lot of people who are in a situation like that will have trouble getting jobs or they get fired yeah. or something, even if it's proven that they were innocent because they, the, they have the, the, the
1: stigma media can them. ruin you. That's what yeah. sucks. Yeah. Well, the media is guilty until proven innocent.
2: Yeah.
1: And then still guilty. <laughs> and then probably <laughs> guilty afterwards. The thing about, like, especially with rape, is a lot of times, like, in very real situations where the man did rape the woman, he's going to vehemently deny it and try and smear her and say, it's like...
0: It's, he said, she said. That's
1: yeah, all they had. when it's 100% true that she was raped. And so that's what makes those so sticky, is because it happens a lot. Yeah. And I think it would... I, I think it happens... I think real cases happen more than probably fake cases that go that far. Like, accusation cases, you know
0: what I'm saying? Yeah. I just want justice to be done. Well, I don't definitely. want... Uh, That's, that's pretty much it. I don't, I don't want somebody to be put away because their, their plea was not taken. Like, they accused somebody of something and they were proven not guilty. That doesn't mean that they had intent to get that somebody. They could have a legitimate cause and they just didn't have the right amount of evidence, which sucks. That's how, how the justice system might not work because sometimes Mm -hmm. the evidence just isn't there. You have one person's word against the other. I met a guy one time who was, he was a registered sex offender.
1: He had the, the 30 year sentence. Hmm. Um, and when he was 22, uh, no, I'm sorry. He was 19. He was dating a 17 year old. Um, and the father of the 17 year old pressed charges for statutory rape against him. Oh, um, right. and the daughter was disagreeing, saying like, no, that's not what happened. Um, but the courts just like pushed it through and he was, Uh, written up as a rapist and got a 30 year sex offense.
3: Did you hear about the, I think it was like a 17, 18 year old kid who streaked across a, a football field like during a, during a football game? And he, he ended up getting off luckily, but they were gonna charge him for like, decent exposure, decent exposure and make him a sex offender for like 25 years. They should.
2: I'm not gonna name names. But the thing is, he's just a kid. Yeah, but And, still- and he
3: was just a dumb teenager. I don't know. I just feel like-
1: Did you say he should? Is okay. that what you said? For streaking in front of, like, yeah, I kinda feel like they should not have 25 years sentence, for sure. No. That's too much. But he should definitely be prosecuted for indecent exposure, cause that's what that is.
3: Well, no, I mean, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And like, but making him a sex offender, because he did that, I don't think is okay. I think I know. it's a little I don't bit know how overkill. I feel about-
0: First off, it's a kid, and then, just the fact that you see somebody's junk is not that big of a deal. Like I feel like we really hype this up. Like human nudity is like, I'm not okay with just like rampant pornography signs everywhere, but you're, I think you're really overplaying it. You see some kids genitals and then he has to tell everybody, Hey guys, I'm a, I'm a sex offender anywhere he goes for the next (laughs) five to 10 years. Like first off, He's an idiot. He's getting grouped in, grouped in with every other sex, and people's minds. Right? Yeah. He's
2: getting grouped in with every other sex offender, mm-hmm. child rapist, and like all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. that's the most messed up thing about it. Has man.
0: anybody here ever I'm seen like, I don't know how genitalia I that they didn't want to see?
1: <laughs> well, considering you're naked right now, Chase.
0: Yes. Wh- what? You don't want to see me? <laughs> Nobody does. Well, too bad. It's my house. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> my house so I think, my rules. I- we I've definitely had stuff that I haven't wanna see in my face before. And I was just fine. Like I didn't feel like I needed to prosecute that person. Have you because ever taken they were a shower either, at a gym? Uh yeah. Right? Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's indecent
1: exposure. Well, well it's not though, because that's it's that's Why? An area... Because everybody's
2: the same sex
1: no, it's not indecent exposure because that's a given area where it's legally allowed to be naked. It's not like you walked out in the middle of the gym naked. That's different.
0: I think they should distinguish between specific sexual offenses. Like this indecent exposure should not be labeled a sex offender. That's not a sex offender. It's indecent exposure. It's a whole different thing. I think it could
3: be depending on
0: what happens.
1: As I say, if a guy runs out, like we had a streaker when I worked at a (laughs) mental health agency, we had a guy, not a streaker. We had a guy that would wear a a, flasher. Yeah. Flasher. Thank you. That's indecent exposure. Like,
3: like if you're walking up to people being like, you know, open up your coat and
1: And he was doing it for voyeuristic reasons. Like yeah, that was like one, that's was one thing. It. But like the kid streaking across because he's a dumb
3: kid who just probably got dared to do it and was just being an idiot. Like yeah, he should get in decent exposure uh, charges maybe
0: fine, but I think this sex is sex offender, I don't think. I think so. this is similar to the no tolerance policy. It hasn't the sex offense hasn't gone quite to no tolerance, but it's this putting everything under this umbrella. You have to have room to make judgment calls like this situation is different than this situation so you can't just lump everything into one group and call it what it is and that's that happens in everything happens in education i don't want a nationalized education system because you can't just make an overarching you have to teach this like everything needs to be done on a case-by-case basis that's why we have judges Let's put judges to use. That's why we have teachers. Let's put the teachers to good use. I agree with you on the standardized education
1: education being a bad thing because that's why we see – we talked about this in podcast number one where you have kids being taught week to week to just pass the test. They're not actually taught – to learn, so I'm definitely with you there.
0: So what we need to do is separate and make distinctions between sexual offenses like statutory rape. I don't think if the girl is 17 and he's 19, they're pretty much the same mental age. They're they're doing the same stuff. If she consents,
2: did I really feel like there's a pretty big gap between 19 and 17? Two years. Anyways, we, we can talk about that time. It's only two years. Oh, no, anyway, that's a well, minor detail. Okay, so we're so also talking about
0: legal
1: adult
2: versus
0: non legal adult. Yeah. So she's. She's one year away, or probably less, if she's already turned seventeen. She's one, just just two days away from being eighteen. But now you're a offender, as opposed to two days later, you would have been perfectly fine, and people would have praised you for your sexual rampancy. Good, good job, everybody. Sex no, is so. I, good. I'm gonna just come out and say,
1: teenagers shouldn't have sex in general. Just like to throw that out there. I was just quoting what people would do. Didn't that's say what
2: never I'm ever right. gonna happen ever. They're the most sexually charged people. Because <laughs> they're they're
0: built for breeding. Like that's what yeah. they are. It's, well, people i think it's really mentality. interesting that people used to get married a lot younger including yeah. men as well yeah not totally. just women my grandpa my great-grandpa was 20 years old and she was almost 16 and they were married for 75 years and i think that speaks of like well okay I'm i'm pretty against this big age gap it really freaks me out and maybe it's just a social pressure but it can be just fine as long as there is that good intent and that's been for however many, several thousand years, that's been... But that's not every culture. I mean, if you look at the Spartans,
3: women weren't allowed to get married until they were 19 years old.
1: But that was also because women tended to die when they had babies when they were like 15, yeah, well, 16. Yeah,
3: well, and yeah, the reason they did that is because they knew that around that age... Hey, well, now they're going the, through puberty earlier anyway. It was the anyways, safest so. time for a woman to actually have and bear a child.
0: Well, yeah. that makes sense. The Spartans were smart? Yeah, they were. They were great. That's why they killed everybody. They were not great. They were... <laughs> A lot of slaves. Smarter you are, the more people. Oh, yeah, religion. they were big into slaves. Oh, yeah. So was everybody everywhere. Well, they not not as much as the Spartans. <laughs> I'm pretty sure every culture at one time was a slave to somebody else. It's just the way the world works. I, I don't think it's the right way it works, but that's the way it works, unfortunately.
2: I <laughs> I would like to ask a question. Um pose a question. Earlier we kinda like we talked a little bit about how like boys are like naturally sort of violent, at least physical. Um, but I would say even like violent, is just like part of our psychology. It's like part of how we understand the way that the yeah, world we're just we're
0: just naturally physical. It doesn't mean we're naturally violent. Yeah, yeah, that's a better way of putting it.
2: But even like I don't know, our propensity for fighting and like enjoying watching people fight and stuff like that. I think like I definitely think that, like violence is part of our nature. Um,
1: I can't argue with you because like, we, me personally, I we pay I love fighting. Money.
2: Yeah, like we pay money to watch UFC. Like we pay hard-earned money to watch UFC fights. Like watch big men or, like, women or whatever climb into a ring and beat the shit out of each other. Like, we get on YouTube and watch street fights of, like,
0: people fighting each other. Like, we just enjoy it. We like it. It's always about play and education. Like, play is what you do as a child, and then you educate yourself as an adult to get you prepared for the real world. So I think just as uh, the educational system, you, you play and you learn. You know, you're putting shapes into blocks, and then you start to go to rigorous education Okay. I'm talking about as a little child, you're putting these. <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I'm just
3: making and it's just
0: fun. And then when you get older, you actually push, you make a discipline of, uh, more rigorous geometry. And then you get into three dimensional geometry. And then that puts you in cahoots with the real world. And you can actually use that. And maybe if you're a PhD, you can debate your side. And that's a type of mental violence, if you want to put it that way. You're, you're pushing against somebody else. And I think physically, it's the same way. Like somebody could physically try to harm you. That's the way life is, unfortunately. So in this way, you play as a kid, you get older, you, you can train in or you can just fight with your friends or you can actually go to a karate school or some MMA and you can actually make a sport of it. Just like they have uh, national debates. That's their own little sport. There's sports with physicalities as well. And it's a type of thing that prepares you for the real world. So you don't believe that people are naturally violent?
1: Violent or physical? Because I think his, his argument here is saying that people are naturally physical.
0: Yeah. I think that fighting doesn't necessarily I mean- I think the purest manifestation of physicality is
2: like wrestling or boxing or like opponent versus opponent, body versus body, like-
1: It is the one true sport, really. When it comes I down to it,
2: it's- kind of think so. Who is
1: better than the other one? Like. Who has worked harder, who has physically better traits, who is gonna be dominant.
2: But really I don't know. My really my question is like how do we feel about like people who are like truly pacifist? Hmm. I mean
1: I don't have a problem with it. I'm not a pacifist by any means, but I wouldn't say that like people that are, there's something wrong with them. I think a pacifist is someone who has their
0: head buried in the sand.
1: Well, hang on. We need to define which kind of pacifist Nathan's talking about. Because we're talking about someone who's like, I hate violence. Or are we talking about someone who just like mm, i'm okay because uh, those, those are t- someone, definitely two someone different
3: prefer to like like doesn't like violence but isn't going to you know make fun of or get on people who you know enjoy fights or stuff like that oh, i mean, i wouldn't consider that a
0: pacifist i just think I mean, like yeah. that somebody well,
2: i think to me like a reasonable rational person is against violence against war unless it's necessary then it's like all right then i mean if we have to do it then we do you know like i don't i wouldn't consider that person a fat pacifist know, like well, yeah no i'm with you i that's mean that's me
1: The only people that are going to want war are going to be the people that can benefit from it, because war only benefits certain groups of people. Yeah. And the reasonable person is going to be against war.
2: So by pacifist, what I'm saying is someone who would rather like die at the hands of someone who wants to kill them than perpetuate the negative energy of violence.
0: This is exactly what you're talking about. Like A true pacifist, in my opinion, is somebody who thinks war is bad, period. There can be no justified war, which... Is exactly what we're talking about. No tolerance. I have no tolerance for violence whatsoever. You can't be in the right. You can't defend yourself. You can't be taking a preemptive strike from somebody who you know has an issue. Like we've uh, all we've pre-emptive all heard
2: strikes. That's a that's
0: a moral. I don't know. I feel like it's an ethical. We've all heard here, that yeah. the best defense is a good offense, right? Yeah,
2: I mean, strategically, <laughs> you can certainly make the argument for it, but it. Can get weird. I think that can give you a uh, license to do a a preemptive strike. Can get weird,
0: but let's just say, can you can you justify a defensive war? Somebody, let's say Pearl Harbor happened. They made a strike on our homeland. Is are we justified in going to war with Japan? Well, World War
2: II is probably one of the most ethically defensible wars ever. Also, it's one of the
0: only like
3: wars in american history it's like yeah we probably should have done that but
1: we also did a lot to kind of force the japanese hand like they didn't have to attack us by any means but they cut off
0: their supplies
1: we cut off their supplies before they'd even like declared war on us and we truman did a lot a lot to to push us towards that
2: look it up i would argue that the vast majority of human action is a reaction to some other action that was before fdr
0: no, right? Truman, Truman
1: was after FDR.
0: Yeah,
2: gosh. who's was who the president in going into
0: World War? FDR. FDR was president for a way long time. He was the only president to go above four terms. Above he did. No, terms. I know that. Three terms, and then he had a fourth one, and he died during like right. And the then that was uh, that was Truman. Was it Eisenhower? Yeah, no, see, Tr- Tr- yeah. Tr-
3: Eisenhower was later. Eisenhower right. was afterwards. Truman. Uh, Truman was right after was Yeah, so I was right because
1: Truman was the time. one that started doing all the stuff to the Japanese before they attacked us.
0: No, looking it up. Continue so, talking. Seth is the historian here. I'm just going to listen to Seth. Well, the the Pearl Harbor, are you talking about, you say that Truman did. He's saying Truman forced Japan's hand. No, but no, it was dude. FDR because FDR, FDR made was the, part uh, of the, the Great Depression era. He was elected right after the Great Depression, and he was there for you, 24 years. You can even
3: look at the, the fact that, I'm sorry, 24 that the Pearl years, Harbor speech, word. the day of infamy speech, was Twelve. by FDR.
0: Yeah. So, he was in office for just over 12 years. Okay, so I got my president wrong. But
1: I'm saying he did a lot of stuff yeah, to, yeah.
0: to purposely antagonize
1: the Japanese. I'm just saying. I'm not saying that they should have attacked us by any means, because obviously they shouldn't have. But I'm well, saying. Well,
0: they like, had pretty crazy prison camps as well. Like, they were really unethical. Especially the Chinese. the Chinese. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, they were really The stuff they did to the Chinese the was rape of name horrible.
2: was like one of the worst things I've ever heard of. Ever.
1: But. The U.S. people's um, opinion on the war was pretty neutral one, even when they knew what was going on in the ghettos and stuff up so until then.
0: Their war, let them deal with it.
1: Yeah, until it came to us. But there were forces in the U.S. that were really heavily pushing for us to enter the war, and public opinion was just against it,
0: until Pearl Harbor. Uh, I I completely agree. That's definitely what was going on. I think that it was so morally justified. I don't know if their intent was... Right, but we were on the right side of that war with the- Oh yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Made. But I don't know if they knew that was going on at the time. No, we- I
3: mean, I'm sure the whole thing with like the prison camps and the death camps and all that stuff, I'm sure there were a few top American officials and people who did know about it. No, everybody,
2: lots of people knew about that. No. Well, and we were intimately familiar with what was going on in Germany and we knew that Japan
0: was their allies. So, I mean, yeah, okay, we we definitely knew they they were the allies, allies, but, so in December 7th, 1941, I don't think anybody on the allies was, yeah, yeah, it was, but I don't think anybody on the allies side really knew that the Germans were trying to eradicate the Jews. Anybody who was paying attention would, because we
1: had, we had, okay, so, like, I'm not going to name any names, but we had lots of high up U.S., like, business owners. That were really anti-Semitic and really aware of what was going on, because there were like protests, especially like in New York, where there was like a heavy Jewish population. They were very much aware of what was going on. The, the death. They knew that they were, were rounding forward. up the
0: Jews and putting them into ghettos, but that doesn't mean that they knew Dude. that they were mass exterminating them. I, I I've been reading about it over the past few months, and it really seems like they didn't know. If anybody, how could you,
1: how could you not know though, with Hitler's speeches and stuff like? Straight up saying like this is what we're
0: gonna do, you know. I don't know. I don't know how you could not see that. Well, everybody was really shocked when they got to those camps. That's all. Well, no, it's because it was way worse than they. That's gonna be
2: shocking, even if you do know what's going on. Yeah, I feel like knowing and then seeing are two really. Have any of you ever watched Band
0: of Brothers?
3: I know Josh has. Yeah. Like the episode Why We Fight or whatever, where they Mm -hmm. liberate the camp. I mean, that would just imagine seeing that in real life. No, you you really can't. There's, you have no response to that as a human seeing that kind of evil committed to other humans.
2: I can't watch like documentaries about the Holocaust or like my dad keeps trying to get me to see uh Schindler's list and like oh, it's I, don't, so good. I don't watch it like on purpose. It's it so makes good. me you know, sick.
0: I used to think like, it was it makes really me good. feel it's Ill. okay. Liam Neeson man. Liam Neeson son? Like the first half of the movie really kinda of blows. It's so freaking long and it takes forever for it to get to the important parts. Yeah it is it's really long, but it doesn't make it any less like it's like him just being a, a playboy movie. business owner. That's him at first. Just making the money about and redemption. doing women.
1: Yeah, it's about redemption. You go from being a completely unlikable character to one that does something amazing and redeems himself. It's a redemptive tale. You yeah. of yeah. all people should like redemptive tales. Oh, Come on. I,
0: I, I like it, but I think they, they portrayed too much of him being a, a D-bag. Anyways, back to uh, no tolerance. Yeah, we got way off subject. <laughs> The, uh, a similar thing happened to me in California for no tolerance. Uh, apparently, they're, they are a no fault state when it comes to wrecks. Car crashes. What do you mean? As in. Like, it's nobody's it's fault? It's nobody's fault. Your insurance both pays for each other's. What? Or, you that it, sounds it pays, like it's California. It pays for your own. was like, that, that makes no sense. Do you both get a trophy afterwards for participation? <laughs> participation in the wreck? It is pretty <laughs> dumb. It does not. Good job, guys. Here you go. But, the person who did the damage and whose fault it was should pay for yours because it wasn't your fault. That's just the way it goes. So they're putting everybody under this umbrella that it's a super social system. that everybody's It's is- a nanny state. God, it's so dumb. It makes no sense. The lady blew in the breathalyzer and she was drunk driving. She was literally driving down the road and turned into our lane. Oh, so you actually got hit. You literally experienced this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they just be like, no, this is a no-fault state. We're like, what is that? That's dumb.
1: So someone's drunk driving, and they hit a, we'll say, a school bus, and like four kids die. They live. It's no fault. It's just like, oh, well, the bus shouldn't have been
2: there.
0: I don't know. It's oh, that's California. an
1: extreme reaction, like extreme, extreme example.
2: Sometimes extreme examples illustrate the point pretty nicely. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the extreme tends to uh, inform the mean a lot of times. I like that. But... That is interesting. I didn't know that. I've I'm never... all about like being progressive and like like liberal to some degree and stuff. Like sometimes I think that's good. Like I think there's like a I definitely think that sometimes that can be healthy. Mm-hmm. But like when it I don't know, when it goes overboard and it flies in the face of ob- of
0: Rest- truth that seems to be objective, it's just like what are, what are you doing, man? It's, it's just silly. It's progress for the sake of progress. And that's the problem. I feel like when you do that, you're actually going in the wrong direction. It's like, yeah, forward, that was Obama's plea, forward in his second campaign. It's like, no, no more forward. We need to hold up. We need to figure out what in the heck this uh, Affordable Care Act is now that we've passed it and we're trying to implement it. We have to figure this out. You need to stop and slow down. Don't pass anything until you know what you got right now. And in the same way, sometimes if you've gone forward too far just for the sake of going forward, the next logical step is to go backwards. You have to retrace your steps, get back so on the right path. so hard. It is because nobody in the government is going to admit that they did anything wrong. They're not going to take back government programs because the government wants to get bigger. That's and the nature of it. And making a law beast.
2: is so easy and getting rid of a law is so freaking hard.
1: Well, the problem, and I don't want to debate politics at all. Um,
2: <laughs> we probably do need to get off to really this really to ASAP. Do.
1: But I will <laughs> say that when you have politicians when you have a political system based on like politicians becoming a career yeah. you're gonna have people try and expand their business and their business is the government yeah so
0: well they, they want to show that I'm doing something for the people so the the best thing to do is to pass a bill like look I, I passed this and I passed this instead of I think we're finally getting to this mode of there's a lot more libertarians in the United States in general mm-hmm. or independence I would say independents and libertarians Well, yeah, the independent vote has proven to have grown quite a bit like by like four or five percentage points. It should, too. I would really like to see this next election, uh, this next presidential election, because I think last time they got like 6% of the votes for independents. Which mm-hmm. was up from like two percent, and so I wonder gonna what be, this is going to be. Gonna be interesting. People are I'm, I'm definitely hoping, showing they're getting set. I'm up. I'm Hoping
3: the trend continues and libertarianism takes over the Republican Party. It won't. I, no, I don't won't. want
0: them to take over the Republican Party. I want another party. That's the problem, though. Is that I don't want a party the at vast,
3: all. Ma- Yeah, like the vast majority of Americans, even if you—I mean, I'm going to generalize here just because <laughs> it's easier—are going to vote one way or the other, mm-hmm. and usually they're dead set. You know, it's like, oh well, I'm a Republican. I'm only going to vote Republican.
0: Let that generation die
1: out. See, my dream is I don't want libertarians. I don't want republicans. I don't want democrats. I don't want green party. I don't want any parties. I want a United States of independent thinkers. George Washington.
0: Yeah, George Washington, I think, is my favorite president.
1: I want mandatory Washington party where everybody's in that party and you just vote so for who you think will do the best system. job. So a party system. Josh. No, a zero, like a one, like when there's one party, there's no party. Except in the communist Ex- party. <laughs> Except in the communist party, and everybody's invited. <laughs> <laughs> or else. <laughs> or <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what I'm saying, though. I'm saying, like, everybody just vote for who they think is best.
0: I think, yeah, I, I, I would like that. Well, I'm I voting think... for yours truly. <laughs> well, I'm, 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 sure. with, well, you I'm with you fellas. I'm with you Oh, man. I think that having thing. parties is just a natural thing that happens. There's like special interest groups and that's natural. The... I think, Josh, yours is, is an ideal and I wish that was the case and I wish it was possible. Oh, it's not going to happen. But I think parties is a necessary evil just like government is a necessary evil. See, th- this is why if I could punch
3: any president, punch Martin Van Buren.
1: Okay. Sorry.
0: And please, I, please go. <laughs> why are you talking
3: about? He was, he was like super pro party and like really popular. Oh, him.
1: gotcha.
2: Bastard.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Other countries aren't like, we don't have, they don't have the dual party system. Like, That's, well, no, they have multiple parties, right? Right. Because there's more than two points of view in life. Canada Dude, has more like, four like,
2: major, I don't know. major parties. It's
0: Canada, who cares?
2: Alright, like, is communism, just kidding. I love is you, communism good all the time? No, but like, neither is capitalism. Right. Like, I think different systems for different times, like, I don't know, like, you live in a different time, like, okay, let's adopt like a more, like communist way of doing things. Or let's adopt a more capitalist way of doing things because that right now is what society needs. But the thing is, those kind of changes from
3: one one system to another don't come peacefully. Mm-hmm. Like 90% of the time there is a massive upheaval either from the people or from those in charge or just some outside group and there's a huge upheaval and that causes the change and it's always violent and people always get
0: hurt and screwed over. Absolutely. And I think it's just like, and I want to bring up the Muppets real quick. Do you remember? That's always acceptable. uh, They're, they're on like a seesaw type of mechanism. And then they one, they try and make balance, but they run from one side to the other, making it too heavy on this side, too heavy on the other side. And like, guys, just stand in the middle. It will be okay. And I feel like people do that with political systems as well, going from like a, a super rich monarchy to, The everybody's equal communism, neither is the best way to go. But what the real issue is, what is the society as a whole doing? What is the mindset? Is it self-governance? If you can govern yourself, you don't need a government. And that's the real issue. Everybody in Oklahoma is pretty much against socialism. Like, oh, oh, God, socialism, it's the worst. Well, there actually are a few nations that go with socialism, really well it's just that they buy in basically yeah they they really go into it they're all in it together and i think in a capitalist society it works as well if everybody's in it together and everybody plays by the rules and has morals Mm -hmm. then it works okay but when you forego those morals in any society socialism communism capitalism monarchies theocracies you're really gonna screw it over. It's about the individual and that mindset being pervasive throughout the whole society.
3: Cause I mean, a lot of people try to change, uh, polit- change the way people think by trying to change, you know, programs, trying to change, uh, the political structure. You can't change, if you change the person, right. all of those will fall into place naturally, but that's the hardest thing to do.
0: And that's what I think the problem in America is right now. It's not that capitalism is bad or that socialism's bad. It's that our society is falling apart at its core and its people as individuals are not taking care of themselves and they're not taking care of others. But it's all planned out and
1: that's what the oligarchy wants. And I – you guys know me. I'm an optimist like to my core except <laughs> – <till> Just now. <laughs> except when it comes to the – like our government and I am incredibly bleak and I think we're doomed. And I don't think anything's going to change. I think it's just going to get worse because we're in a media-controlled oligarchy that pushes all sorts of crap out to the masses that the masses eat up because they don't know any better because they're taught in a government school from the age of five
0: to accept what the TV tells you. And that's it why I'm so for independent and education. And we're done.
3: And have you, And I'm sure it's you've not all heard gonna get about better. this by now is that they're wanting to change uh school curriculums in the U.S. to – Stop teaching American history before the Civil War. Yeah, you talked about this in podcast one.
0: I did? Yeah. Um, I, I do remember you talking about this, but, but it's, I have something. It's go go ahead. Here. No, it is. I have something to add to that. I, I was, after you said that, Seth, I listened to things and I read and I found out that what a, okay, so specifically for Russia, what the communist Russian party did before they took over was to take away their vision of what that country was founded upon. And I think that's exactly what that would be doing, is taking away the vision and the morals and the foundation of that country, which is the history of the United States before the Civil War. You don't see why we were founded, on what principles. They don't teach the Declaration of Independence. They don't teach uh, freedom to decide for yourself. So they're taking that away from you, just as the Russians did, and they replace that if you have a foundation, they can't make you what they want you to be. They have to break down that foundation and rebuild you from scratch. And
3: one thing I find interesting, you know, one of the, the main uh, sparks for the revolution was taxation without representation. And I feel in the U.S. that that's what we're starting to go to. No yeah, 100%. No, no representation of no, none. who we are, only –
0: Because we're ruled by an oligarchy.
3: Yeah, yeah. because we're ruled by those, those who have the money and the power. But the thing we're
1: is – Our
0: and the money –
1: we're not heading towards – what what I hear a lot of like Republicans say is that we're heading towards communism or socialism, and we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not heading towards anything reminiscent of that. We're heading towards something completely new, and what that's going to be – this is going to sound goofy, but is like the Wall-E version of the future, like a dumb public that's plugged in to their media – and that's it. And that's all they care about. Give me my food, give me my media, and I'm good. Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Yeah, no, another good example. That's what we're heading towards. And well, that's my biggest fear.
0: Oh I think gosh. it's really interesting. There there are really two viewpoints. To some
2: degree, though. I think that's the point of society.
1: Corpocrisy. <laughs> to get to, like, a, like, an opulent, like, utopia where no one
2: has to do anything. You get to eat every day. You don't have to worry about anybody killing you. Like, you get to live in, like, reasonable comfort. Like, that's the point of coming together as a society and agreeing to live by certain rules and having capitalism and having money and stuff. You're it not... Makes- you're not
1: wrong, but individual liberties and individual freedoms should matter, and Star, in Star those Trek's systems. a better
3: representation of that, of what it should be.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that, kind of, some degree. I, I have a lot of problems with the Federation well, yes. government. And that, that's but,
0: funny, like, that you want society to go in this direction of everything's taken care of for you, and I don't want that. Wait, no, that, who wants that? I'm sorry, I was using you as plural as oh, I okay like, the, the masses of the world. Listeners, he pointed at Seth when he did that. That was confusing. I was like, you, I didn't the say listeners. Anything the He's talking sword. to the listeners. <laughs> Just people in general. Oh, gotcha. you Not out there. Not even necessarily the listeners. But they want this Wally society, and it's either, oh, you have everything taken care of, or it's like this overpowering conservative government. And that's why I think neither are good. You don't want this. And this is the dichotomy that uh, I think is interesting of George Orwell always talking about the ultra-conservative movement that overpowers you, and controls every aspect of your life, but in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And then there's Aldous Huxley, who talks about... Huxley versus Orwell. I like where this is going. Okay. Talking about a society that takes care of every need and controls every part of your life in a positive way. So you're either super crushed or you're super fat and being crushed by your own weight. Mm-hmm. And I mean that metaphorically. So I think it's fascinating that it's creating a pacifist society in both ways. Mm-hmm. So there's the same thing by two different outlets. You get the same result in two different ways, which I think is the ultimate of fascism in the conservative fashion, and then the ultimate uh, socialism in the... I don't
1: know. I will say that I, I disagree with you somewhat on your definition of socialism a minute ago, because you said it was they want everything taken care of. The socialists I know, people I know that call themselves socialists, wouldn't say, like, no, we don't want everything taken care of for us. We want everybody to take care of each other. That's what they would say.
0: Well, I, I okay. In a in an idealistic world, that's what socialism is. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, that's not the In way an idealistic
3: world, world, you wouldn't need a governing body to tell you right. to do that, though.
0: Ooh. It would just be happening. Right, so that's what... It's the
3: virtue of the act as opposed to the, the gain you get from such a we Are we going to talk about virtue
1: now?
0: A government oh, is only here because you can't govern yourselves in this day and age. It used to be to protect you from outside invaders.
3: Mm-hmm. Who tells you you can't govern yourself?
0: The government. Exactly. But... If if everybody can govern themselves, that's great. But if there is a handful of people who can't govern themselves, even if you're good, you have to make a collective society to fight this band of people who can't govern themselves because they're out running amok, taking over villages and towns and pillaging and raping. So even if you're good, it sucks that you have to create this evil because they're evil.
1: But we still had that anyway. That If we didn't, in the 70s, there wouldn't have been biker gangs that rolled into towns and completely took them over for months at a time. They were essentially Viking raiding parties that just went into town and did whatever they wanted, you know? so
2: cool. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not okay. It is. It is.
1: It, cool. It's cool.
3: It's, <laughs> it's cool in some ways, but it's bad. Weather. What's funny
2: about that kind of thing is like the longer ago that it happened, the cooler it gets.
3: Yeah, that, that's like, like... Vikings? Hell yeah, that's awesome. Like
2: the Mongols? The Mongols are freaking awesome. But I like, do they, really like the like, Mongols. People think that they might have killed like 40 million people. They did terrible things. Yeah, yeah. terrible things. A if lot that of happened people. 80 years ago, we'd be like, oh my god, that was the worst atrocity ever committed by humans. But now we look back at it, We're like Silk Road, like it wasn't that bad.
1: Yeah, the cons too. The cons were the same way. Yeah, although, but the cons had an amazing government. Like they set it up to where people would actually come to them and say, "We just like join because they promoted freedom of religion, freedom of individuality. Um, You could do whatever you wanted as long as you're like, hey, that's the con. Cool, take
0: our taxes, we're good. And yet they still did atrocious things. Oh no, they were terrible. And And they were were so terrible. I think is interesting about. That's why I personally believe in the innate fallacy and evil of man because man does incredibly good things while at the same time turning his back and committing atrocities that nobody can even stomach, like we just talked about the uh, the Holocaust, the Jewish Holocaust. We think we're so good, but we're really not.
3: But one of the things you got to think about is that a lot of it has to do with an individual person because if you look at the cons, as soon as, you know... Jenghis, Genghis? Genghis that's his name, Genghis uh, Khan.
1: His
0: name was Genghis Khan. I, I, it wasn't Genghis. I'm, I'm messing with
3: you.
0: <laughs> Are you uh, sure? As, as Most as societies as didn't, as didn't, as didn't ever use soft G's. I'm just saying. I've always heard of, I've, on a uh, Kenny G is the best. What's that name? guy's name? <laughs> He's a soft. Hardcore G. history
2: with Dan Carlin. He always <laughs> pronounces it. I think he pronounces it Genghis. But
1: I just know, like on a or uh, Marco Polo, like all the Mongols or all the Khans call it Genghis.
0: Well, I know that. So for Latin and the Catholic Church, they always used the the soft syllables. And even in Caesar, that's an incorrect pronunciation. It's Kaiser? Kaiser. Yeah. Scissor. That's how you say it. There are no soft C's. There's no soft Scissor. G's.
2: Scissor.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Seth.
2: Finish. <laughs> and But anyway, Scissor like, me timbers. If you look at, if you
3: look at, uh, the cons, when Genghis died, when Genghis died, it started to fall apart because you got to look at the cult of personality. Because if, if there's one person who can hold it all together, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, oh, one person can't really do that, but they absolutely can. I agree. I mean, if you look at some of the, uh, some of the Roman emperors, even before the emperors,
0: you know, mm -hmm. some of the people who took over, one person can build it up and one person can tear it down. Well, here's the thing about the Khans.
1: So, you had Genghis who just expanded their nation massively, all the way down against China.
3: Against the Romans.
1: Yeah, he, he well, he, his dream was to take the West, but he never got that far. Obviously, then I can't remember who his son was, but the son after that was Kublai Khan, and his problem was he was too ambitious. He had this huge kingdom, overextended, and he did. He started trying to go into China, and that's what really ruined it for him because he started stretching out his um forces too thin. That's
3: kind of what happened to the Romans for yeah. a while, except for Hadrian, who actually was the only person to actually draw it back, but he did it on purpose.
0: Yeah, he built a wall. Romans and Napoleon. The Nazis. So,
1: what about the- Alexander the Great. Oh uh, yeah, Alexander. What about the Stanford Prison Study? Like, how does that play into this? What's that? The
0: Stanford Prison Study
1: is when they, the Stanford University English. did a psychological study where they had a group of people. Yeah. Oh, two groups yeah. of people. One to be prison guards and one to be prisoners. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about now? And then the guards dehumanized the crap out of the prisoners. And they were both regular people. And
0: well, wasn't it only like a couple of weeks that it took for them to get like that? Yeah. Like- well, it only took a couple of weeks for the guards to start degrading them. No, Just the guards were, were starting
1: the- within days. Oh, okay. Within days, they started dehumanizing the prisoners. And eventually the prisoners became violent against the guards because they're like, we're not going to take this. Yeah. And it
0: became an us versus them mentality. Well, I think it's more fascinating that the guards were unprovoked. Yeah, definitely. That just because they were in this position of power, they begin to abuse that. And that really goes with the Lord Acton quote, power corrupts and you know the rest. Well, the thing is too,
1: in the, I think they've tried to recreate it three times. I may be wrong. I need to look it up. But it's pretty much been the same thing, like every time. And a lot of people use that when they talk about the Nazis, like, and how they were doing horrible things. It's like, well, they were in charge. So they were given the power. Why not use it? Which is a terrible
0: argument for anything, honestly. It will, that's a very Machiavellian argument that
3: it's all about. Ah, Machiavelli. Breaking down virtue into something evil. And people love that. We were going to
1: talk about virtue.
3: We were. I wanted to talk about virtue. He turned virtue from, you know, doing what is right for the sake of what's right to doing what is right to meet an end.
0: Yeah, so that everything has a means. The end doesn't justify itself. The means have to justify themselves.
3: And that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, Machiavelli was like, oh, you know, have you ever, has any of you, have any of you ever read The Prince?
0: No, like I in read a lot seventh of it. grade, yeah, I read the whole thing.
1: I don't remember it at all.
3: You know, well, it's talking about you know how to properly rule, and a part of it is you do what is right in so much as it meets your purpose. Yeah. You know, so, what you, bit, whatever, you, whatever benefits you, whatever benefits you, you mask it under the guise of doing what is right, as opposed to mm-hmm. like some of the later, the earlier Roman Republic stuff. Of you do what's right for the sake of the act. You know, it's the right thing to do, so you do it. Doesn't matter what it does to you lawful good not, not that the roman republic was good necessarily well no
1: but it was it was, a, a, it was a nation of lawful good for
0: a while forget yeah, no for obviously cer-
1: it didn't for last certain
3: situations
0: cuz yeah. you know the, a lot the, of the most read author but. of uh, current american businesses is uh machiavelli that makes sense how terrible him. is that <laughs> micromanagement <laughs> machiavelli oh my <laughs> gosh he
3: was a super villain <laughs> In
0: In now, every did way. did you
3: hear about the stuff he did with da vinci no, he got mad at a at a village, and he wanted he got da Vinci to try to help him divert a river away from it.
1: That's crazy. That is a super villain. It he
3: was up He
1: was a super villain. Can we have a Netflix series about him?
2: That would be fantastic.
1: Oh my gosh, why hasn't someone done that? Netflix, if you're listening, get listening. Do it, do Amazon make, Prime. Make a show you're about Machiavelli. Netflix. Whatever, dude. Netflix originals are so much better than Amazon Prime originals.
0: But Amazon has so much more options. You know,
1: whichever one sponsors us first, we'll talk positive about.
0: Yay! (laughs) A lot
3: of people think, though, that Machiavelli was just... A lot of the stuff he did, like in The Prince, was just a satire.
1: But it... But it wasn't.
3: Well, they're not sure, from what I hear.
1: A guy who would try and divert a river away from, like... Well, he was a
3: douchebag, but that doesn't... Well... (laughs)
1: Did Da Vinci do it? Like, was he like?
3: He drew up plans, but it never happened.
1: That's like everything Da Vinci did, by the way. Just gonna point that out. Just drew up plans. Just drew up plans. Never did something. He gets credit for making a helicopter that he never even built. Look, he (laughs) made a helicopter. He gets credit for coming up with the idea of a helicopter,
3: which (laughs)
2: was like advanced
0: anatomy. (laughs) No, like wasn't he like? Well, everybody was a lot more universal back in the day. Like, if you were man, yeah, if you were a scientist, you dabbled in chemistry and or alchemy, whatever you and call it at the time, anatomy, yeah, and maybe magic and also literature. Like, there was nobody who was like, oh, I'm a chemist or I'm a psychologist. Like, everybody studied everything and it was all interconnected, which I completely agree with. And I think the problem with today's society is that we're so specialized. I think there does need to be a bit more of uh, a well-rounded scientist, like, a geologist really needs to go into biology as well. That's just the. Were uh, you
3: saying? Was it you who were saying the other day about you didn't like having to take things that weren't about what you were trying
0: to learn? I don't like being forced to do anything. That's,
3: that's the same thing that you're. No, I
0: right don't think now. it's the same. <laughs> I like think I think there needs to somebody be somebody who studying biology also
3: has to study chemistry. He didn't though. say has
1: to. He said should. Should. Oh, well. I'd also like to point out that until 1832, psychology meant sorcery. So. Like, which
3: is kind of awesome.
1: Yeah. Because until Wilhelm, Wilhelm, Wilhelm Vunt, until Wilhelm Vunt, um, set up the very first school of psychology, which is where Freud studied, um, like no one, everybody was like wizardry? And they were like into palm reading. Psychologists were guys that you would go to to right. like get your palms read or like read your tea leaves and stuff like you that. go to Mesmer. Yeah. They did, well, yeah, no, Mesmer was a big deal. Vunt hated Mesmer. Like that was a huge thing. For,
3: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. Because Mesmer was th- – that's where you get mesmerized because he hypnotized people. Hypnotized them
0: with air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was a bad dude. Super shyster. Same with uh Carl Jung. That dude learned everything from his spirit guide.
1: Well, okay. Now, Jungians – Jungians? Jung. Jungians? I have no idea how you- – Jungians. 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 <laughs> Jungians.
0: <laughs> Damn, Jungians. <laughs>
1: they do have some really good points when it comes they- – they led directly into the Gestalts, and the Gestalt psychology is what led directly into cognitive psychology. So I- I'm not going to say that Jung di- – Jung – whatever – was completely bad, but he did, there was a lot of spiritualism that he based a lot of stuff uh, yeah, on. Yeah,
0: I think he was but kind he had, of nuts.
1: He had some really, no, he had some good ideas in there. Because to say that he's stupid, but doesn't, I still think he's a nut. No, self-actualization is like a direct descendant from him,
0: and that's that's, that's what I'm saying, like, I think he probably had a lot of good ideas, but he's still nuts. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. So if you ever study him, you definitely need to be like really critically thinking everything if you're doing. If
1: anybody, reading. if any modern psychologist is studying Jung and going, yeah, that, <laughs> then they are completely backwards. That's like studying Freud and going, yeah, uh, that. Yeah. Although, I mean, Freud, Freud has more modern points than Jung does. So is I'm just saying. Is it or is it Jung? It's Jung. Jung. But we're Americans, so it's Jung.
0: Jung. Jung. Carl Jung. Carl Jung. He's he's a uh, Chinese. Carl Jung. <laughs> but no, like the Gestalt's, they
1: they did self actualization, talking about the concept of self as opposed to like in a more broad sense, I guess. Anyway, off psychology because I can I'll rant I about know. that I'm all night. I'm
0: liking it. It's awesome. It's part I'm of it all. It. I'm liking the
1: philosophy. Let's philosophize on this podcast. We should do a whole podcast. By the way, I was going to say it a minute ago. We should do a whole podcast on our brother or Arthur. That one night. <laughs> just talk
0: about that
3: oh my we get into so much about that i show.
0: know like and i'm not just talking about the movie like just like talk we could about just it. play the movie and quote it and have all of our listeners quote it while we quote it when <laughs> it's based on the odyssey so you can take it that it route is. too yeah
2: or er, loosely based on the odyssey i guess it's pretty pretty dang
0: close well eh. Dude, there's I the sirens really Where are the and and the no so they're definitely they're definitely cyclops giant. And then the, uh. There are no lotus eaters. The wizard at the beginning, the, the black dude who's on the. The blind prophet. Yeah, yeah, the, the blind prophet. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I mean, there are definitely, hi- the, all the highlights. It's like a highlight reel of the Odyssey that takes place yeah. in 1910 America. So. Mm-hmm.
0: 10, 1920. It's the ho- it's the Odyssey. I, mean. uh, I
1: think it's the early 20s. Is it earlier than that? No, it's, is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cause like they the, say there's a depression
2: on. It's the early 20s. Tw- there's well, a depression
3: the on. It must be the 30s, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: That'd be an interesting.
3: They got
2: this depression on, I gotta do for me and mine. <laughs> Happy oh. old Daniel Such Flower. Such movie, man. Slaughter I've just seen this it like thirty Tuesday. times
0: because of my dad.
2: Yeah, me too. God. So
0: it's like I've never seen it too many times. Our dad loved that movie.
1: So we went exactly an hour. Do you guys want to call it quits? Yeah, I think we're kind of at a stopping point. Yeah, well, we, we can not. just sign out. Okay. Thank you for listening, listeners.
0: We'll see you next time. Mwah. Kissy face. Mm-hmm. Mm.